Hello, everyone, and welcome to Afterglow. This is so exciting for us, you guys, because it's our very first episode. My name is Carol, and I'm here with wonderful Chris. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Afterglow as well. We're so excited, and it's just been a crazy few days for all of us. Right? Let's say, like, I don't know. It's been that it's Mercury is no longer in retrograde, you guys. Amen. Oh, Amen. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. And I feel, I don't know about you, Chris, but today it's almost like that little bit of Mercury in retrograde hangover. Do you know what I'm talking about? Exactly. And uh, we were talking about that, like, on our Instagram live that we did. And I was talking about that post-shadow. And like post shadow basically is there's like a couple more weeks left of like just a few more hiccups left of Mercury Mercury retrograde like left over. It's just like it's not as intensified, of course, but it just goes basically. Uh, I mean, just like like one hiccup a week. I don't know how it works, but it's just weird. It's definitely post shadow vibes. Absolutely. <laughs> Totally. I mean, you guys, like, I'm just going to be open and honest because this is what our podcast is about is just being in flow and being authentic. And today has been, it's been so beautiful. But like, before we set up our episode, you guys, just some funny things have happened. And all you can do in a moment like that is just be, be, give yourself grace and laugh about it. Because I don't know, like, I know in the future, looking back, Chris, we're going to go back and be like, why did we, why did we make such a big deal about so, some small little things, you know? Exactly. I mean, um, I mean, I guess that's all in learning of what we're doing on this journey. And I'm just so grateful that we're doing it. And so many people have been messaging me and they're just like, I'm so excited about this. Like finally somebody's talking about stuff like this and um, it's a learning journal journey for uh, Carol and I, and we're going to do the best we can, and we are the best. And I'm putting that out there and manifesting it, that this is just going to be its authentic, genuine self. Yes, and we're so excited, you guys. We have been getting, like he said and mentioned about the outpouring support already and I just want to say we love you so much and we appreciate that you are being here and even the love that we received from our Instagram live this is going to be I don't know Chris and I have been talking and there is something here that you know I don't know it speaks volume I think for, you know just going back and speaking our truth and you know, making everyone aware and more loved and seen and heard to understand that they're not alone. And so with this podcast, or even this first episode, if you take one thing out of this, then we know we did our job. Exactly. And that's, that's what we're trying to do. This is your first time ever like listening to you didn't hear the trailer or anything like, we're basically putting ourselves out there and like, Carol and I, when it comes to past addictions, and mental health and then at the same time it's like we're practicing like the occult and meditation and like the new age practices and we're basically combining it all together and talking about this and I talked to so many people this past week like people are asking like what's your podcast about and I'm like literally we are talking about current struggles going on with adults that have problems 
being addicted to things or, I mean, substances or whatever the case may be. And at the same time, it's beautiful because we're all finding our higher power. And during the process of being in recovery, and then we're just like, we want to put it out there because there's so many people like us out there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I don't know, I have always had this feeling inside of me of this wisdom that I receive. And I think it's wonderful that I'm receiving wisdom with myself, but it's like, what am I going to do with this wisdom? It, it can only go so far. And I believe it's about sharing. So that is what we're doing here, you guys. And I think the very first thing that me and Chris should talk about is something that we are very um, passionate about is the mental health. Yeah, definitely. Um, I mean, mental health, like I said, in like the Instagram, I was just like, mental health is a fucking bitch. Like I, and I can cuss now because this is a podcast. Yes, I could be, be, <laughs> be my true self. Uh, mental health is such a bitch. I actually suffer from ADHD, like severe ADHD. Um, I'm currently medicated and, um, but we're like, I mean, honestly, the shitty part about ADHD is like you're overstimulated or you're like you're understimulated. And then it's like there's no ever in between. Like, and I guess the finding point for me whenever like I get into that middle, it's so weird, but it's when I'm in meditation space. Mm. So once I'm in my meditation space, like I actually can hear my thoughts. I can feel my body and um i just have that divine connection as well which i really love a lot and i think that's where i focus on my breathing or i go to a space that i find out in nature and then i just close my eyes even if it's for a split like five ten seconds like that's where that evenness comes out for me and um i think that's why meditations work so well for mental health and stuff like that. Oh, yeah, definitely. It's been interesting for me. Um, when I started uh, my journey with my mental health, you guys, it was, it was during, um, you know, it was during COVID. And I know, you know, a lot of us are just over talking about it. But for me, I had all these identities and addictions that I didn't know I had. I know, and I know in my heart, I knew I had problems with alcohol, but I wasn't open to admit it. Um, But I also have addiction with um, people pleasing and uh, codependency. And I I know a lot of people are like, what? That's an addiction? I mean, anything can be an addiction, you guys. And It, It really can be. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, anything, really. I mean, you can be addicted to peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. I mean, that might be a healthier addiction, but that can still Yum. be an addiction. I mean, I'm totally all about that. Right. <laughs> I, I love peanut butter and jelly, but I'm, I'm not, like, stuffing my face every 10 seconds because then I would have a problem. I mean, that's what we're talking about. Right, we'd be like, okay, we need to do a 12-step program to do peanut butter and jelly. <laughs> sandwiches in general, I love a good sandwich. Oh, my God, bread. Hello. <laughs> oh, you guys, this is why I love me and Chris because we have that laughter and we can be funny because at the same time, yes, be serious about things, but we have to have joy in the midst of it, right? Absolutely. Um, 
Yeah. But going back to what I was seeing, like I started going to a trauma therapist, you know, I was starting to share stuff with my clients. I do hair and I started just being very vulnerable with them. And I told them things and they were like, I had one client specifically was like, I think you should try trauma therapy. And I was like, I don't have trauma. And I'm like, hello, Carol. Mm. <laughs> what? Um, that's the very first sign is when someone's like, I don't have troubles or I have no trauma or my childhood was good. And in reality, that was me masking the things that have happened to me. Right. Right. Um, so yeah, I, I, for meditation, going back to that, my therapist, she was like, I think you have some signs of ADHD. And I'm like, ah, Oh, and she's like, have you tried meditating? I'm like, you know, sitting still is really hard for me. Okay, well, there's a there's a sign. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I would love to talk about, um, you know, what were you doing beforehand as far as just like coping and dealing with yourself as far as uh, ADHD goes? I mean, like I was, well, that's where it goes into my past drug addiction. Um, November is going to be eight years of me, um, being sober from using methamphetamine and heroin. And I, but it wasn't just that, like I was addicted. I mean, like even in a teenage years, like you remember we went to high school together. Like I was always like, kind of like I didn't use as much, but I was always like smoking weed or, and um, trying to get my hands on something. And I always felt like I was trying to get something to, Mm. I was, acting and feeling you know what I mean like I knew that there was something wrong with me because I couldn't focus on anything I did so poorly in high school like I had the lowest GPA ever I never wanted to go to school and um I couldn't like I couldn't even like study my homework or do anything and um the things I did I mean I kind of just relied on just people and hanging out with friends I guess you would say but um I using so much and I was really in a bad space. Like I basically like um, hit rock bottom and there was something wrong with me, like just because I was using so much and I really like hit that low point in my life. And I basically um, went to rehab and the nurse practitioner there, she was like, you have severe ADHD, you have a problem. And basically like, um, but it took so many steps and the program and stuff doing like that, like that to get where I am now, where I can't be medicated and I can't be responsible with my medication, stuff like that. Anyway, what I'm trying to say is like what I did before that, like, I mean, I was just kind of a mess and I just felt lost. Yeah. Yeah. I, it's interesting, um, and you guys, obviously, we're not doctors here, so please do not get advice from us, but just learn from what we're sharing. Um, but I know that ADHD is, the symptoms are different between uh, boys and girls. So in high school, nobody really brought that up to me. Like, my teachers didn't even, like, bring that up to me. And it's not their, the teacher's job either, but I think the signs for uh, boys were just like, oh, they're hyperactive. They're talking and blah, 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 all that stuff. But I realized I was <laughs> that was me. Yeah, <laughs> that, was, right? that was always me in class. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Cause I have so many memories of us in class. <laughs> and I'm like, we were like, we fed into each other. Right. Like we're like, we did. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. 
we were we had a blast going to high school but i think that was a bad idea putting us in a class together but um (laughs) (laughs) absolutely but that was like i have to be in carl's class because um everybody i hate everybody here (laughs) besides carol yeah we were like we understand each other you know like you get me it's almost like we had telepathic we did though like we communicated telepathically what do you mean we don't have the same periods as you get each other like we're supposed to be in each other's class like what's going on (laughs) right oh oh my god we're fun but literally like I was a doodler and it was so funny I was talking to my client the other day I go I have like one of my report cards I believe I was in first grade and the comments said um Carol sure does talk a lot and I'm like oh (laughs) is a distraction for the other students I'm like I wonder why you know um (laughs) but yeah like the signs for like boys and girls are different in high school but i think at some point in adulthood they're kind of the same right like you suffer um from addictions to try to deal and cope with you know um yeah like going back to what you said about your medication so i'm actually trying to go the natural route currently it's been a challenge like i see a natural path and um i have been open with my primary care doctor so i do believe in western and eastern medicine i think it's great to have both um but my primary doctor i told her i'm like hey you know this is starting to affect me and Mm. i'm trying to do the best that i can by managing it but i also have trauma when it comes to prescription drugs right like in high school yes yeah so i have that trauma when it comes to being prescribed drugs because in high school i had severe suicidal thoughts and, and depression because of my mom after she passed away so i was a lab rat you know they put me in all sorts of like lexapro and all this stuff and so it's it's scary you know it is it is unfortunately and that's the thing is like um i had to change my dosage so many times and like now i'm on like an extremely lower dose um when i first started on my medication it was just like a little high and like um but like we said we're not doctors you guys like we're not telling you what to do with your life and your body we're just sharing our experiences dealing with mental health like we're not professionals here but I mean I ended up everybody's body's different and then I actually ended up lowering my dose up and down for the past couple of years but finally I found where I'm supposed to be and like that's the shitty part about mental health and these doctors is like like we're gonna try this oh this doesn't work for you we're gonna try this we're gonna try this we're gonna try this and then so I'm all about like the natural route. If you're going to do the natural route, do that meditation and do whatever works for you. Absolutely. Just remember to take care of yourself. Mm-hmm. Yes, for sure. I love having both. Um, and I love that my natural path and my uh, primary care doctor, they actually work together in the same office so they can exchange like information. Um, and so the only thing with like having a natural path for me is it, it does take time. They're just like, okay, we're going to give you this supplement and this and this, but my natural path did give me kind of a spanking. And when I say spanking, you guys, I'm talking about spiritually. Let's not go there. Okay. Um, (laughs) (laughs) That's, that's another topic. Okay. That'll be a kink conversation. Oh, I'm excited for that one. Thank you. So anyways, she spiritually spanked me and she was like, okay, you've been coming to see me for, you know, about over seven months. She's like, if 
you know, depending on what is going on in your environment too, she's like, it doesn't matter how many supplements I give you. Like if your environment, wherever that's work or home or whoever you're hanging out with, this is not going to change and cure the people that are around you. I was like, yeah, mm-hmm. you are right. Mm-hmm. And that's when I learned about boundaries, you guys. Boundaries are very important. I love it. And um, I'm still trying to practice that <laughs> so much. <clears throat> But here's the thing, you guys, it's, it's all about progress, not perfection. Um, So yeah, like just giving yourself that patience and grace and love, because if you've been, you know, dealing with things in your life with patterns and behaviors, and you don't know what you don't know, like you got to give yourself that love and be okay with making those mistakes and such as you know what Chris said I'm still learning boundaries I'm actually trying to put boundaries on myself now like um you know being open and willing to use my voice and speak my truth and that's why we're here again doing this podcast exactly and the thing is is that like you guys like um self-love is so important and um I was just having a conversation with my friend the other day and She's really, um, I love her so much and she's just kind of struggling, like being alone and she's in a different state and stuff like that. And I'm like, baby, we got to do some self-love, self-care. And that's, that's what matters, you know, and manifest it, like create it. And I mean, I have to catch myself doing that sometimes almost daily, you know, like I, I, like I'm trying to tell myself, like I am successful. I do love myself and I'm trying to manifest it into a way where, um, it just, you can't love anybody do a RuPaul. Like you can't love anybody until you love yourself. You know what I mean? And, um, the fact that being alone though, there is a beauty to it too, is because you get to learn how you work and like how you feel and, um, what you like and don't like, no, I don't want to do that. Yes, that sounds good, but no, absolutely not. And you're not relying on somebody else to do that. You know what I mean? Like you're your own person and feeling comfortable within your own skin. And um, we were talking a little bit about self-love in our Instagram live. And there's there's sources out there. There's ways to um, learn about it and how to do it. And, um, Christopher Penzak's book, I love him so much. He's such a great author and a, a, a wonderful witch that he is. And, uh, the witch's heart is a very beautiful book and it talks about finding love, but it's also like finding yourself and casting a spell to fall in love with yourself. And that's what I love and enjoy of that book. Yes. I, oh my gosh, there's just so many amazing things that you just said where I'm like, oh, I can't wait to have this conversation. (laughs) (laughs) Let's do it. We're here. We're here for it, you guys. But self-love, like I want to, I really want to touch base on that with people because I think there's this, um, there is this whole almost consumerism or um, where people are shove it in our face. Like, yeah, self-love is about massages and getting your nails done. And yeah, pff, no. like, uh, 
I mean, a self-care day like that is cool, but like, come on, let's be realistic, people. <laughs> yeah, and, and there's nothing wrong with those things. It's just you don't need to be in debt with self-love and self-care, you guys. Absolutely. And I don't, you know, because again with this whole consumerism and like putting in our face and it's like self-love self-care like that means go spend x y and z that's not that's also causing that could be an addiction right a shopping addiction or spending money and Mm -hmm. that's Mm -hmm. not what we're here for um we're again self-care for me and everyone's different you guys have to find what works for you so my self-care um self-love is i like to take ritual baths is what i call that Um, love right and I'm trying to do them more than once a week. And um, my naturopath is the one that actually tried to, she planted that seed. She was trying to get me to just soak my feet in Epsom salt bath because I told her I can't sit still. Well, Mm -hmm. now I make it part of my routine because I know how it makes me feel afterwards. So I get into my bath, I have a little self-care timer and I set it for 20 minutes and I I set the whole app. Uh, atmosphere up with candles. I got my incense. I I put in my Epsom salt in there because there's something scientifically known and proven that it actually like pulls the stress out of your body. It's true. Like, I mean, any, I mean, you can even ask my husband, like I'll have like the worst week ever. And I'm like, I just feel so toxic right now. There's just this black cloud over me and I need a cleansing bath. I need to cleanse my soul. And I mean, I'm very lucky, but like Josh will draw me water and then I'm like, I'll take it from here. And I'm like, Mm -hmm. give me those oils, give me those salts and those candles. And that's where like, I do like my affirmations and that's exactly what I do. I mean, I release and I cleanse myself and like, I sit and take my breaths and everything like that. And then, like, towards the end of my bath, like, once I'm, like, feeling really good, that's when I start doing my affirmations. And then um, a witchy tip is when you're doing your bath and then that water's draining, you go counterclockwise while that water drains. So spin your hand in that bath water and, and imagine all that toxicity draining out that blackness, whatever the case may be. And just picture it washing away in the drain and it's officially gone. And that's helped me so much. And I just, I want to soak in a bath right now. I think before we had our, like, you guys, like, again, before we got on here, we did a FaceTime. Maybe we should have done a bath before, like, let's have our individual bath and and then come on. But we're actually doing so fantastic. So I love this, you guys. Yeah. what he said too like i love that the whole putting your hand in the water i never thought of that so thank you for sharing (laughs) yeah 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 that's like a fun tip and stuff like that and then carol's been sharing like all of her spells and stuff i noticed on her story and i was like yes yes Yes. this is what this is what we want and what we what we're going for you guys yeah because at first i'm not even gonna lie i was like i'm not gonna post this stuff and you know what i'm not people pleasing anymore that is part of my people pleasing is like oh i shouldn't put this on there because people are gonna you know what people are gonna judge no matter what right if i follow what they want me to do people are still gonna judge so why as well just do you and and in my opinion i don't know this is just me but i feel like the more people come at me that means i'm actually doing the very thing that i'm supposed to do what's that what's that one saying um if you don't have any haters then you're doing something wrong yes 
Yes. Yeah. I don't know who said that, but whoever's out there and I just quoted you, you go ahead and message me and correct me. Right. Leave it, leave a little comment. <laughs> but um, yeah, like you guys self-love again, it could be something like walking, right? Going on a walk, going out in nature. Like Chris mentioned earlier, like nature is where it's at. You guys, like there is just something about being in nature. I don't know. I have to share this story. It's grounding. Guys. It's grounding. And it's the thing is I love nature walks so much and uh, it pulls, it draws you back to earth and it pulls you into the ground. And if you can take off your shoes and walk in the woods, and if you're not near the woods, just go to the park or like go to the beach or wherever you're at, like just take your shoes off and be on earth, like feel it. And then I even like what I do is on my like nature walks if I'm going through something, something mentally wrong in my head or whatever I'm feeling, like I just feel that energy, that negative energy, just pushing through my feet and just releasing. Mm -hmm. And that earth is going to cleanse you. Yes. Yeah. Just grounding, grounding, ground, ground, ground. Yeah. I have to share this story really quick about being in nature. And it was when, before I started to I think it was before I started going to therapy um no I think it was a little bit after I started but anywho this is when I was still having issues binge drinking and I don't know my highest power was like go outside and I'm like what and there is like a specific mountain that I went to and I'm like it's and it was two o'clock in the afternoon and you guys if you live in Arizona and you know two o'clock in the afternoon it's like the hottest part of the day summer this was in summer but like my highest power was like I want you to go get a gallon of water and go out and hike and I'm like are you serious because I'm hung over and it was like I don't care it was almost like being not disciplined but it was like my highest power was telling me to go out there so that I could connect with my highest power really and get the answers and I got so many answers even though I wanted to throw up because it amen. was so amen yeah. Amen. It just taught you a lesson. Like, uh-huh. don't drink that much. And this is your, <laughs> this is your, this is your punishment. It oh, was terrible. come on, familiar spirits. Let's go. <laughs> I don't even, you guys, I don't even know. I don't need to go into too many details, too many details about what was going on. But can you just imagine? I was dehydrated. Hello. And I was in the middle of like the summer in the desert and I had my gallon. And I'm I like, am though curious, like, what? like what did you hear like what oh, was what, what was it it was like it was telling me I need to get my shit together um and I was like being faced with like if you continue to go down this path like you will no longer be living a life that uh is going to be joyful it's going to be dark and it's going to be almost like death was around the corner and I'm like this is scary yeah um, and even though I felt like death already, I was like, well, I don't even care. And it was like, no, I love you. I, I sent you out here because I'm trying to talk to you because you're not listening. You're not listening through the demons. You're not listening through the drinking. You're not listening through your other addictions. So I'm sending you out here away from everything and you're going to sweat it out and I'm going to spank you spiritually. So that's exactly what they were telling me. Exactly. And that's the thing is like you have to like hit that rock bottom. And you have to hit that lowest point and uh, 
God, like mine was just terrible just as well. But I mean, like, and then it's just like, do you want to live or die? <laughs> okay, I'm sorry to say it like that, but yeah. it's like, you know what I mean? And that's what you yeah. need. And that's so beautiful though. Like that's where you found your starting point. Like that's exactly where it all started. Uh-huh. And uh, it's, it just, it's a rough roads ahead of you, but this is the time and this is the now. Mm-hmm. I love it. Yeah. I mean, but cause Chris, like literally even before I got uh, sent out in nature in the middle of the desert, I was having scary moments with myself. I mean, I was telling people I scared myself and I was already telling myself Mm -hmm. things. I was telling myself things I would never tell a friend, Mm -hmm. but it got to the point where it was telling me myself because at the time I was living with my dad and my dad is a gun supporter. And I, I was just like scared to live there because yeah. And I, you guys, I'm not trying to trigger anyone. This is just the real reality of it. And I mean, I would wait when people would fall asleep and I would get back up. I'd go downstairs, drink some more and I would go into the bathroom and I saw my evil side through the mirror. And I was Mm -hmm. like, was smiling at me and she was telling me to go do it and I in that very moment I scared myself and I'm glad I went to bed and I'm glad that I got sent out to be a nature. I am too I am right? too oh me too because I've had suicidal thoughts before in high school but I didn't have it like this this was scary this was mm-hmm. scary I scared myself so God bless the the high priestess, the, all the gods and goddesses, the fairies, all of them. They love me. They were there. They were just like, hey, boo-boo. Like, amen. amen. Yes. Yeah, amen. Because, and that's why I'm here today to to share those things, not to not to make people scared or sad or or feel bad for me. It's this is the real, real. This is my authentic truth because I know there's more than there's there's more people that feel this way, and I don't want people to feel that way. I don't. I want them to be loved. They are loved, and we love you. And uh, that's uh, really rough. Like uh, I uh, I had my really bad darkest points too. And, um, I had some really scary moments in my life and especially I've overdosed three times Mm. and I thought it was the end. And unfortunately, uh, my best friend, Jonathan was there for all three of them. I don't know why, but, um, (laughs) he's also clean now for the record, but, um, it's just like, uh, it's, such a scary point in our lives like when we choose addiction or are addicted and um i think that's our awakening point you guys like this is the point like where you wake up and you feel it and you see it and it's like i i promise not to do it anymore i promise not to do it anymore you guys have to want to choose that you know what i mean like choose it like it's there just ask for it just talk to God, goddess, who, whatever you believe in the world, you, everybody's born with a familiar spirit and then just say it out loud and they will tell you and show you just like what Carol was saying is like, you go on a hike today. It is time. You know what I mean? Like there is a time and place for that. And it will tell you if you ask, just ask for it and it will show you. Um, yeah, so um, that was that was pretty intense. Like, I know. I'm like, oh my goodness. 
Um, I want to talk about a little bit more, like um, we um, talked about Carol. Carol is a extremely like well successful business owner. She does hair and she creates like such beautiful. I just see your Instagram photos and stuff that you do for people. And the fact that you like make people feel beautiful about themselves, I think is excellent. And then um, I think what you have taken in life and like where you're walking is just like, you're you had that dark past and that now you're creating beauty is just so amazing can you tell us a little bit more about your journey and how you got there oh yeah so it's so the the reason why I even started doing hair you guys so back in high school I knew college was not going to be a thing for me at all. No, there was no way. Um, going back to what we said, there I wasn't paying attention. Uh, the assignments were not my favorite. I, I had th- my favorite parts of school were my creativeness. So I did ceramics. I excelled in things where I could use my hands um, and also communicate and be creative. And it wasn't until you know, again, my mom, she played such a huge role model in my life. And my mom did not get custody of of me. But whenever I would see her, my mom was very, very girly and very into like makeup and hair. And if you know me, you guys, I'm actually very tomboyish. I Mm -hmm. I do have my side. Yeah. Yeah. I'm a a huge tomboy. I do have my like, oh, I want to be pretty and I want to wear something sexy and whatever. But majority of the time you're going to see me in like vans, like a a baggy shirt or whatever. But um, I would always watch my mom get ready. And it wasn't, it made me like intrigued. Like she used to, use mac makeup and i was like what's mac makeup you know like oh my goodness yeah yeah. my mom was very into all that and i always thought she was such a beautiful person and i would even tell her i'm like mom you don't need makeup and she's like no i need it and i'm like oh okay um (laughs) but again it was just like that transformation and it wasn't like a transformation where i i honestly think she was beautiful with or without like i mentioned but it was the beauty. It was like, it was so, intri- again, intriguing that we as a human can be a, a, a living canvas. And long story short, but um, going back to high school, I started doing my friend's hair. <laughs> like you and I, Chris, we would share box color dye. You know? We did. Yes, we did. Yep. <laughs> we tried everything. We did it all. We did. I, I mean, we bleached her hair. We did it all. And um, I would have all my guy friends come over to the house. I would cut their hair and everyone like yeah. my, my parents at the time, my my dad and except mother, they're like, what is leaving the house? And I'm like, mind your own business. You know, I, I go I know what I'm doing. I go to Sally's. <laughs> Yeah. And then it got to the point where I just walk in without saying hi or anything. <laughs> right. So like, Who's that? It's fine. But so uh, then I realized that there was beauty school and I actually went to a technology or not technology, but yeah, it's called East Valley um, uh, or not East Valley. I'm sorry. It's called Evit, but it was a technical school. And I really love that for kids. I think that's such a great thing that kids in high school can have that opportunity instead of going to college. I think having that um, technical or vocational certificate is it's actually it's it, it gives kids another option. Again, like I said, like people like 
who have ADHD need that creativityness. Yes, or, absolutely. Yeah. And I think there's a bad reputation of that. You know, there's nothing wrong with someone who is a plumber. There's nothing wrong with someone who wants to be an electrician. There's nothing wrong with someone that wants to work on. We need to be working with our hands, like with ADHD, like you're constantly fidgeting. It's like do something (laughs) with your hands. Yeah. It's so that was when I really found my passion in hair. And it was, again, going back, my mom was the one that her not knowing this but she planted that seed where I'm like I can make people feel good behind the chair I can make them feel good like outside their appearance and and also be that space for them where they can be seen be heard be loved it's like that therapist right I love it yeah and I have met so many great people I've I've heard so many interesting stories um but I yeah so that's where hair has has been in my life it's it's that instant gratification that I get to get by being able to be that person for somebody even if it's just a moment of silence even if it's just me saying hi how are you that is why I do hair love it I love that so much and then um I wanted to ask you to like since it's our first episode like just so they can get to know us and like what we're doing and stuff like that and like who we are um like, wh- like, where, how, like, explain to us, like, where did you find your higher power and, like, how and, like, where did you do that at? Oh, boy. <clears throat> so- <laughs> <laughs> I know, that's like, such a, uh, a broad question. <laughs> no, but I, I love it, though. This is, this is the, this is the stuff, you guys. This is, mm, chef's kiss. Yes. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, it wasn't until okay so you guys my favorite number i'm all about synchronicities i never absolutely yeah i never had a favorite number growing up until i started reaching to my higher power and my favorite number is three i love Mm. three and it was interesting because growing up i was always told like Bad things happen in three. But what? Then, yes. No. Everything goes in threes, baby. Yeah. Yes. But then I realized, why can't it be seen as a good thing? Why can't three be the confirmation of you are doing the exact thing that you are supposed to be doing or the messages that get received? So, for example, um, I started being open on Instagram. Um, a lot of, you know, a lot of people saw me going through my spiral. I, I know that. Like, I've shared on my Instagram stories. Like, I don't know who I am anymore. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I was like, oops. Hi. We're having a Britney Spears moment. It's fine. Hey, um, we all have those. Come on. I, so, <laughs> since I already started putting my mental health out there, I decided to share the journey as far as like how I got out of it. Um, and then I've had people reach out to me and wanted to have dinner with me. And my one friend, Nicole, who I love so much, she, um, she actually worked at the very first one I ever worked at. And she's like, Hey, something is telling me to have lunch with you. Um, if you can, like, let me know what, when your availability is. And at first I won't lie. I was very like, why is this person trying to come back into my life? Even though she had no reason I had, or I had no reason to feel that way. She never hurt me or anything that like that. But, um, I held space. I, I heard her. I, let her talk to me about her addiction and, and her celebrate recovery, which is a 12 step program through a church. 
Um, and I heard her and I was like, okay, cool, you know, but I didn't really take much out of it as far as like going down that path. Like I was a little apprehensive at first. Cause I was like, is this person trying to convert me to go to church? Is this person, you know, but she wasn't, she was just sharing her story. Okay. But it wasn't until a week after that I had another client come into my chair and they don't follow me on Instagram and they didn't know what I was going through. And they were like, Carol, I started going to celebrate recovery. And I said, excuse me. And I had to walk away. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, wait, what do you, what are you doing? She's like, I'm going through a 12 step program called celebrate recovery. And I'm like, how did you know? And I'm like, I got to walk away again. So I walked away and I looked in myself in the mirror and I'm like, what the fuck is going on? (laughs) Yeah. 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 It's like, it's here. It's here. Here's your message. Yes. And then I was like, okay. And so I heard that for the second time and then I didn't do anything with it. And then a third person came to me. Wow. Yes. And they were like just sharing their story. And they're like, yeah, I'm going through a 12-step program. And I'm like, what the fuck is going on? Like literally. (laughs) What? Yeah. Wow. That's crazy. Oh, my gosh. That's so crazy. It was the most magical thing I have ever experienced. And I was like, what in the world? And that was after my whole getting pushed into nature and like almost dying. (laughs) um, I say that with love and light, you guys. But so back to that, I was like, okay, something is telling me that I need to go to celebrate recovery. So I went to celebrate recovery where my friend Nicole goes. And I won't even lie, you guys, I went in there with a freaking attitude. I sat there with my arms crossed, like, why the fuck am Mm -hmm. I here? Mm -hmm. I was like, I don't want to be here. This is church. I haven't gone to church in forever. I don't understand why. And and this is just me being honest. Like this is me being raw. I was like, Oh my God, they're singing and they're, they're kumbayaing. And I'm like, this is not my people. This is not, Mm. but I came back. I so I started going because with, The Celebrate Recovery, guys, if you are familiar with it, it is, again, it's a 12-step program, but it's uh, scripture-based. It's a a Christianity program. And so I, it wasn't until we started going into separate groups and they separate me or they separate the men and the women. So with Celebrate Recovery, there was a group for uh, mixed issues. And then there was one for chemical dependency and something told me to go in mixed issues. And Mm. it wasn't until there was all this vulnerability of being safe to share things, but we won't, we weren't there to fix or save one another. It was just allowing us to be heard. And I love that. Right. And that is where I found my higher power after the power of three, after I started going to celebrate recovery, I started hearing my highest good, my highest power through other people that didn't Mm. know what I was going through. I was like, what is happening? Um, So yeah, I I mean, that's, that's just one of the the things or the few of the things that helped me reach my highest power. And it, it was just right in front of my face the whole time. And looking back though, like it's always been there and I've been ignoring it. It was there the whole time. It, it, and, and it is, that's, what's crazy. It's just like, um, it's always there the whole time. And that's so beautiful, like about your story. And, um, I love that so much. <laughs> and it like literally takes that one thing to do. And the three, the three 
is what is blowing my mind right now. Like I'm like all smiles right now. And I'm like, yes. Um, I always believe that everything happens in threes and when it comes to witchcraft and stuff, I do not believe that anything you do comes back to you in threefolds. Now that's bullshit. I'm going to crush that right now as we're talking about threes. <laughs> that is complete bullshit. Um, and, but things do happen in threes that are significant. And especially if you pay attention to the time and numbers and stuff like that, um, it does. And I think your journey and the fact that you get to be with people that feel with you. And like when I was in, going to NA, um, I got to like express how I felt and nobody judges you, which is the greatest part. Like I literally spilt my heart out about um, being broken up with my ex fiance, which I, it was, it was just a chemical romance. Literally it was like, we were just constantly using together and I thought it was love and it was just, an addiction to drugs and it tore my heart out because it fell apart. But I'm like, why did it fall apart? Why couldn't we get clean together or whatever it was? No, like I was addicted to drugs. And then I got to go to a safe space like that and spill those feelings out and nobody judges you over it. People are there for you. And because they're going through similar things than you and it really helped keep my head straight like surprisingly like i mean i walked in as well like just like what carol was saying is like i walked in as well as like these are all fucking crackheads and drug addicts and fucking stupid ass people you know what i mean like i'm not like them well the i'm sorry to say it you guys but you are uh you are <laughs> yep, um you, you you might not be like living the same situation as they are like i don't know like I'm better than this. And then it's like, no, like there's so many people out there struggling with just to go and get that fix. Even if it's a, um, a score for whatever it is that you're looking for. Like we said, like orange juice or like peanut butter and jelly sandwiches or like whatever it is. Like it could be like a shot of vodka or it can go down to a gram of heroin. Like there are people. And then the thing is, is that, unfortunately with addiction in my opinion there's emotion behind it and i think like there's mental health behind it which is why we're doing this podcast completely and struggling with that emotion and that mental illness behind it like i don't know yeah so um what we're going to do is we're going to go ahead and take a short break and then we are going to come back and then we're going to go ahead and dive a little bit deeper. After yeah. Glow. After glow baby. All right, here we go. All right. We'll see you guys shortly. Yeah. Hello everybody. And welcome back. And this is Afterglow with yeah. Car- yeah. <laughs> and with Carol and myself. My name is Chris. And my name is Carol. Woo-hoo! We're back. It. We're back. Yeah. So I, yeah, we've gone through some stuff about me. And now I'm really wanting to just dive a little bit deeper with you, Chris. Like, let's just start off with he, um, 
as you guys may know that follow him on Instagram, but don't know for those who are now listening, he is previously now located in Savannah, Georgia. So let's talk more about that. Yeah. So um, I just moved here to Savannah, Georgia, and um, I lived in Des Moines, Iowa. Um, We'll backtrack just a little bit more. Um, So Carol and I met in um high school in arizona so when my parents divorced and i grew up just like to be like a teenager um i moved to arizona with my father and then so um after the whole high school thing um i left home like at uh gosh i was seven i was 17 years old i wasn't even like allowed to be like on a lease or whatever it was like rent an apartment but I was living with people like that I had my own room and I just paid them rent um and I just left home because um I just went through like traumatic experience like um I had a really hard time in high school and Carol knows about that and we can get into dive into detail a little bit more about that in a different episode but um after that um i moved to tucson arizona and then i was there for a while and then i started dating a guy in the military that was based out of um colorado springs and so um once i was i think it was 19 years old this is such a long time ago i am 34 now and so uh, um i moved to colorado springs and just started my life in denver and then after my grandfather's passing, I did go back to Arizona back for a little bit. And I was just kind of like a lost soul with everything. Like, I just can't believe, like, I just trusted my life and to be with somebody that I barely, I mean, like I knew Jeremy and I was with him for a while and it was like a long distance relationship we did, but it's just like, I just packed up and moved and I go back and think about it and I'm like oh my god like I could have like been murdered or kidnapped or <laughs> <laughs> but you did it you're here thank god I did it I'm still alive and then um that's when I went back to Arizona and that's when my drug addiction that we we're talking about uh previously and uh came into play uh, after my grandfather's death and then so um I went back to Denver to start over new. And that's where I started going into the NA program. And um, because I went to rehab in Arizona, um, my sister uh, set up an intervention. Oh, wow. It, it, yeah. I don't, I didn't know about that. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like um, everybody was coming over quote unquote to watch football. And I was seeing at my sister's after I, um before I went to rehab like I was just staying there because Matt and I broke up my different ex um and the one I got involved with drugs with Matt and then so I was overseeing with my sister because I mean I didn't have anywhere else to go like Matt pretty much kicked me out of the house and stuff and so anyway um we were there and my sister's like, everybody's coming over for football and it's always like that like you just think it's a casual thing and my whole family was there and then they all just read letters and stated their notes and stuff like that. And the shitty ass part, I'm going to say this and I, I only told maybe a few people I'm going to put it out in the world is that I told uh, everybody, yeah, I'm willing to go to rehab. Like who's going to watch my dog. And 
um, my aunt Sandy, I love her so much. And she was like, I'll watch Dexter while you're gone, you know? And then, so, um, I was like, okay, yes, I'll go. And then, but I went into the bathroom and I loaded my meth pipe and I smoked in the bathroom because mm. I knew it was going to be the last time. Yeah. And that's where addiction comes into place. Like, that's what we're talking about. It's just like, let me get my one last fucking fix. Like we were saying earlier and before I go and I did. And that's where we're talking about how I saw a doctor and I was in rehab and stuff. After that, I went back to Colorado and then um, my dearest, two of my dearest friends, um, Pete and SJ, they gave me my job back where I was working at previously when I first moved to Denver, but I would have to go to NA. And um, they printed out a sheet like Pete did and he was like, I want it signed every single day. Like you leave, you go to work, you leave work you go to NA, you come home. And um, I needed that structure. I needed that stability. And I needed that person to be like, this is it or you're gone. You know what I mean? And so I went there, like what Carol was talking about earlier, and I was just cross-armed. And I was just like, oh, like, I don't belong here. Like, I don't, these people all look like fucking freaks and crackheads and (laughs) But, like, not all of them did. They actually look like just normal people, just like you and I. But I would never talk to them on the street or in a club or whatever. You know what I mean? But, yeah. like, some of them I did. I connected to you. Like, I was like, oh, my God, you're, like, going – like, that's the thing is I was saying earlier. We're all going through the same thing. And I found friends and I found people my age. Um, I did NA for a while. And then um, did my steps and stuff like that. And then um, I was saying on my Instagram live, like with Carol, like I was in a meeting and um, somebody told me that they hurt themselves and that they were taking Vicodin because their doctor gave it to you and it's okay. And I was like, excuse me, what? And then I think it was really random in that meeting, like at the time. And they, like six people were like, Oh, I'm on medications too. I'm on medications too. And like, don't like, don't take this story like too crazy because I mean, obviously I'm medicated now, but like these people are trying to work their 12 steps and they're using Oxy and Vicodin. And you know what I mean? I'm like, what the fuck? Like, and I stood up and I was like, this is bullshit. Like I've been sober for so long and fighting my urge while you guys are saying you're addicted to heroin but one's on like oxycodone or vicodin i was like this is a waste of my fucking time like i got so mad and got so disappointed and like i'm not saying this is gonna be everybody's experience um because na did really help me help me got my head straight and like how to do it and i started learning who my higher power was like it wasn't Jesus Christ. It wasn't like God, you know, Sky Daddy. Like, <laughs> hey, I like Sky Daddy name. Oh, I do guys. too. But like, yeah, yeah. That's a but it's. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm just saying, <laughs> different kinks. Here we go with kinks again. We're gonna yeah. do an episode on kinks. We, we obviously. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I was just like, uh, like I was just super disappointed and. Um, well, and then I just, I started 
like my crown chakra just started waking up. My third eye was just tingling a lot and I didn't know what it meant. You know what I mean? And then I started actually seeing people's auras. Me too. Oh my God. Really? Yes. I started seeing certain colors around certain people. Like it was, and I told my sponsor at the time, I was like, I can see colors around you. And he's like, can you no? But and he was like, "Can you read people's auras?" And I'm like, "What's an aura?" Like I didn't even like you know what I mean. Like I was right. like, "I don't I don't even know what you're talking about." And then he explained it to me, and I was like, "I don't know what you're saying, but I'm seeing like a yellow, like almost rainbow light around you right now." It was like we were like deep in conversation talking about this, and um. I think back on it and I'm like, that's so crazy. And then we had that fallout I was talking about with that program and I ended up relapsing and um, I just hit really rock bottom where I was just like couch surfing with my dog. And um, I was pretty much like homeless. I was relying on people and texting people. Hey, are you home? Can I come over and, sleep on your couch it just like or and i was just walking around with dex my dog dexter with me the whole time and it just sucked and then i would like go on grinder and rely on men to like house me for the night you know what i mean if i had to like put out and stuff like that oh chris it was really shitty like it fucking sucked like Uh it was so bad and um that's where my mom contacted me and she's like what's going on where are you and of course like when you're an addict you're avoiding calls from people constantly that are reaching out to you because you you don't even know where to start to tell them and then finally it just got to the point where like i got nowhere else to go so i just told her and she just said um move to des moines iowa you know and i was like i'm never ever moving to iowa for the record um but uh, Des Moines is the capital of Iowa for the record and nobody can pinpoint where it is on the map. <laughs> no. Um, <clears throat> there's more than cornfields. There's the capital of Des Moines and um, <clears throat> Des Moines was so good for me. And when I got to Iowa, I got sober and I started doing my creativity I guess you would go into say like I started painting I just like I I don't know what it was I just uh I started having these emotions from I would say even into like childhood and teenage years I would I was just constantly painting and putting stuff on canvas that's the only thing I knew what to do and uh yeah and then I ended up you know sober for a while and then for a long time and then um i got put on the right medications and i met my husband josh and um i started being okay around um people and like i guess i would say is like um putting roots down and becoming a new person i would say that and then um yeah and then i was a barista at a local coffee shop in Des Moines. And then, uh, uh, it, I went into the service industry. I started serving and then, um, right now I'm a mixologist. I've been bartending now for six years and, um, 
I was with Josh for so long. And the second I met Joshua, like that's a whole nother story about our backstory, but uh, he said he wanted to move out of Iowa. He's been born and raised and grew up there. And I was like, I just got here. We're not going anywhere. You know what I mean? Like we're <laughs> yeah. not like, uh, no. yeah, no, I, I've just been from California, Arizona, Colorado, and now I'm here in Iowa. And then uh, eventually um, after COVID, I was like, and I met uh, during COVID, I met my dearest, dearest friends who I'm staying with now, Missy and Darren. And they're like, we're and I'm bartending, doing handcraft cocktails. And they're like, we're, we just built a house in Savannah, Georgia. You have to go down there because the hospitality here, industry here is crazy. And it's, there are bars everywhere. And I was like, let's do it. Like, and I went and came to visit them and I fell in love with the place. It's witchy. It's haunted as shit. Um, and it is so old. It was founded in 1733. Wow. Yeah. Like before the United States was even in a, a country. <laughs> like history, uh, you guys. It's crazy history here. And I just and it's beautiful. There's Spanish moss everywhere. And the beach is like 40 minutes from where we're living right now. And I, I, we have it all here. And then um, my witchy side fell in love with that. And when I moved from going back and when I moved from Colorado to Iowa is when I found my higher power. I found witchcraft because I practiced when I was young, when I was 15, but my best friend Jonathan was just like, hey, um, read this book by Christopher Penzak. It's called Gay Witchcraft. And I was like, well, you know, like whatever. Like, sure. And um, I'll give it a try. Like I practiced witchcraft when I was younger. We'll see what it has to say. And he is just such an amazing and beautiful author. And it, that's where I was like, you know what? I'm going to try this. I didn't even try meditation first at first. I was like, um, let me try this ritual he says like to do. And um, thing about with witchcraft is everybody thinks you have to have a wand, you have to have a candle, you have to have a <laughs> chalice, you know, or yeah. Or yeah. like, you know, like a broom, one, a broom. And um, when you read witchcraft books, it's like, when you set up your altar, they want you to have specific items. And Christopher explains in his books, you don't need these items. Your finger can be your wand. You're, you know what I mean? Like you're, you can just grab a glass cup out of um, your cupboard or a coffee mug. And that's your chalice. Like the fact that you are sitting down and doing the ritual and doing the work is what matters. And that's where you, find it and that's where it all started and I felt at home and I felt that I this is where everybody in 12-step programs or um in NA is like find that higher power you'll find it you'll find it and I never could understand the Jesus talk because it just wouldn't relate to me I'm, I'm a gay homosexual and it just wasn't fitting and then once I started this work um, of the occult is where I felt at home. And I was like, this is it. This is what I was looking for. And it's working. It's working for me. And it's fucking working finally. And I feel it. I can, that crown chakra tingle is now making sense. It could be for anybody where it comes to prayer, or even if it's 
Christianity or whatever it is, but I found that place for me and I found my purpose in life. I felt like um, my spiritual side and um, I just went from there, but yeah. So that's kind of my 15 minute story on that. I love that though. I first, I just want to say thank you so much for sharing what you shared. I think that's, there was a lot of things that I'm sure were difficult to share, but I, again, I love that you are giving that to the collective so that we can make that connection. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was, and the, the, the grinder thing was a little, uh, hard for me to share, but it was true. It fucking sucked. And that's, 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 if that's not a rock bottom, I don't know what it was. <laughs> <laughs> like literally no I'm just joking you guys um yeah but I mean there there are things about us that like is scary to share right I mean there are still things about me that I'm still not ready to share yet but I think because again we go through that whole we're judging ourselves but in reality when you find your tribe when you find your people they're not gonna judge you they're just gonna be like okay I still love you. It's so true. And like finding that tribe and finding those people, it's so difficult. And then um, when I moved to Des Moines, I went and got, I don't know what I, I don't know why I always do this, but I do. And I did the same thing when I moved to Savannah, but I went and saw a psychic. And then the person I saw when I moved to Des Moines, I saw a person that um, knows astrology really well. And she owned a witchcraft store. And she printed out my natal chart. And then she told me, she goes, you're here to find your tribe. You're here to find your people. And I was like, what the fuck is this lady fucking (laughs) talking about? And then I, I, I mean, I, I, I did, I found the people that are willing to connect with me and help me and help me evolve into the man I am today, you know, and finding a tribe in vibing with them and if they really do love you and if that's your tribe they accept you from whatever you say and whatever you do and it's beautiful yes oh my gosh you just shared something that really resonates with me um but what i wanted to say first you guys is i love the openness that chris and i have because i've shared that i go to celebrate recovery which is a christian-based um 12-step program I, I've shared this on the Instagram live. I'm not really in labels into labels for myself. I, I have this moment or moment in my life where I started researching different religions and you guys, there's divinity and all the things that we're speaking about. It's all the same. It's all the same. Yes. And I know this might be triggering for some people, but you guys, if you do, I read the Bible, but the way that I read the Bible in my perspective, it talks about manifestation. It talks about the things that we are saying. It talks about law of attraction. It talks about um, like uh, altars and stuff like that. And I've had some people backlash that on me and be like, Mm -hmm. why are you doing tarot cards? You are playing with dark magic or that is demonic. And I'm like, you know what was demonic that I'm not even going to share with you? Well, I've shared with you guys, but this person that was trying to uh, debate with me, I go, I saw what real demonic was. And that was the person I saw in the mirror. The, what I'm doing with yes. 
Yeah, I go, my tarot cards, do I understand that there could be bad, there's going to be bad in everything, right? There's, but there is this thing called free will. Now, what I choose to do with my tarot cards is to bring a message to, again, to help people come out of their suffering. And again, if that's me wanting to give them a tarot reading or me holding them space, then that was what I was supposed to do in that moment. Um, But again, there is divinity in everything, you guys. Like, I think it's so sad that we live in a world that that uses religion or uses faith to control to make other people feel small in reality we are all one you guys we are all the same but we're all connected to each other and the thing is is that god is divine god is one and god is how you connect to it and feel it And it could be in any way or shape or form. And it is pure. It is beauty. And they are there for you. And whatever you're doing, even if it works, it works. Like, it it goes into, like I said, like, if you're praying the rosary every day and it's working, pray the rosary every day. If you're saying a prayer and... um and it your prayers are being heard pray pray for anybody and then it goes into do, casting spells if your spells working do it like if your if your craft is working it doesn't matter from any walk of life it's working because it is all connected together it is divine energy from from above or below, like wherever it is. And it goes into the same as above, so below, as within, so without, because which means that we are all connected in any shape or form. Yes. Yes. And you guys, again, we're not here to tell you what you should and shouldn't do. We're here to, again, just share the wisdom that we have so that you can find what works for you. You know, like it's all about perspective. But also, I just want to remind you guys that if you're doing something that is making you feel seen, heard and loved and you're not getting hurt, you're not being abused, you're not being controlled, then continue to do what you're doing. But absolutely. Exactly. Don't ever put yourself in a situation that you cannot be your true authentic self. That's, that's the number one thing. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And then it goes into, if you don't know who you are, take that walk, take that walk by yourself, take that walk and take off them shoes, connect Mm -hmm. with the universe and the earth. Mm -hmm. Beautiful. Um, One Say something you just really about your journey that you shared with us. I I just love hearing your story because it really does remind me of um, somebody planted the seed into me saying, you know, we are human, um, we are human beings, not human doing, right? Also, um, just I love that uh, with that connection, just like how you brought in creativityness into your life, right, and how you release instead of just like suppressing it, right? Because you're allowing your human self to be a human being and expressing in a healthier way. And also I just find that connection of your creativityness in your job, like you're a mixologist. Mm-hmm. And again, you're, you're, you're crafting and creating. Um, and I just think that's- so Constantly, ah. constantly. <laughs> yeah. 
And, and also just going back to the other, uh, the saying that has been playing in my head while I'm hearing you speak is the whole things happen for you and not to you. And even though you were going through some dark stuff, and even though you did some things that you may, you didn't want to share, but you share today, you are still an amazing and beautiful person. No, oh, thank you. It's so <laughs> true. And I, and I, I'm going to get like emotional, but oh. <laughs> I just, I just, I love you and I'm so proud of you and I'm so happy that you're in my life and that we're doing this together. And it's just, it's just amazing. <laughs> it is. It, we're doing a beautiful thing and I appreciate you. I see you, I feel you and I hear you. Um, it's just been, um, it's been a crazy journey, like my whole life. And I'm like, like what? <laughs> like how I'm still trying to process everything and everybody's like you've accomplished so much you've done so good and like you've gotten you gotten your life straight and I'm like still till this day I'm like am I is my life straight (laughs) (laughs) did I but then I I think about the fact that I've kept that needle out of my arm for so long and I'm like that's supposed to be my reminder and people will tell me that all the time like but you did do that and um, I'm for the record too. Like I do consume alcohol in moderation. Like I do drink on the weekends and stuff like that. And like I don't binge drink or anything like that. I'll go out and I'll have like four or five cocktails, and I, you know, I'm safe about it, and I know my limits. And um, but yeah, like it's been so crazy since I lived in Colorado and that whole life like Iowa was really good to me and like we were talking about earlier like like in our Instagram live is like moving and like the thing is is like if you're struggling with an addiction or like a problem like even if it's a vacation just pack up and move but surround yourself with people that like don't even know where to get it like I think that's what worked for me. Like I, you know, like I, I didn't, how do I explain it? Like I just pack up and left. And then where I didn't know anybody is what I'm trying to say. Like, and then start over within yourself. And I did, and that's what worked. And I still have friends in Arizona that are struggling with addiction and even like their parents have reached out to me. Like, what can I do to help my son be like you and I'm like everybody's different but they're like I think they should pack up and leave like how you did and I'm like yeah like do it I mean but I really honestly in my opinion that's what they're gonna have to do but you only have to willing to change if you want to change that's the fucked up part about addiction like you and I tell everybody when we said this thousands of times in this podcast, like you have to hit that rock bottom where you have nothing left, and then you're just like, This is my only option now. And unfortunately, um it's it's hard. Yeah. It it going to like the moving part, um, it's so my story was a little bit different. I was trying to move. So I moved to Ohio. So I met my husband when, gosh, you know, we were, I don't remember, 19 when I first met him. But then we started officially dating when I was 20, 
when we were both are 22. And that was when um, the recession hit. And that was when I was doing hair and it was just not, things were not going. And I did not ask for help and whatever that stuff because I was just so prideful. Um, and still working through that. But I, I had started drinking then, but it wasn't very bad. But I, I, I love that you were like open to just pack your shit and just be like, I'm done with this. And then you worked on yourself. I really honor that for you. Yeah. Yeah. And it was kind of only like my only option at the time. It's either like when I was in NA and what they tell you, it's either die or go to jail. Right. You know what I mean? Like pick your choice. And uh, that's what scared me a lot. I have a huge phobia. I'm very claustrophobic. I'm so claustrophobic and I, I can't be, um, um, is it confined or like the word I'm looking for is like, like strained. Like I can't be held down and I can't be in a tight space. So, so like jail freaks me the fuck out. Like I, I got a DUI when I was 21 years old and I had to be locked up in like this tiny fucking room in Arizona and for processing to go to tent city, like, God. Oh, oh my god and we there's like 20 of us in this tiny room and we're like huddled up like there's a guy standing on top of the sink and i just flip i inside i was freaking the fuck out and i just can't be in small spaces like that and it's like um so i was like well jail's off the record um i mean dying um i'm not ready yet like there's (laughs) something else here that i'm supposed to do you know what i mean it's like being a ghost like you have that unfinished business type thing (laughs) you know uh or like what they say like in movies like that unfinished business or whatever they say but uh, yeah i was like so fuck jail you know what i mean i'm gonna start ubering for the rest of my life if (laughs) i'm going out and having a few drinks even if it's just one i'm like i'm ubering i don't care (laughs) right don't take the risk yeah, or I mean, I'll find a sober driver to drive my car. You know what I mean? Like, um, but yeah, so it just sucks that uh, it was that, but I'm grateful for it. I'm happy for myself and I'm really fucking lucky and I need to keep telling myself that and I fucking forget to say it. I forget yeah. to say it and I need to tell myself that daily. You forget to give yourself credit. Yes. Oh, gosh. It's that pat on the shoulder is so hard when it's just doing, like, I don't know. Um, Here we go. You need, to add, <laughs> you need to add that to your self-love rituals. I do. You give yourself more credit. I, I do. I love myself, and I do tell myself that daily. I open myself up to give and receive love, but I need to tell myself I am open and accept myself for giving myself credit. I don't know. We're going to work on that. We're going to yeah. some work, more work to do. Let's do it. Yeah. I'm going to add that to my stuff as your accountability partner that I'm going to make sure that you say you love yourself and that you give yourself credit. Okay. <laughs> yes. Yes. So, oh, but you- that's, that's about me. That's, yeah. that's who I am. And that's what I'm doing. I know how I, I started going off about like how I moved to Ohio. I guess I'll continue that. Oh yes, sorry. Oh my <laughs> no, gosh. 
no, it's okay. But I, was just <laughs> I redirected it back to you. But I, you know, so I shared a little bit about my, my mom, she passed away when I was 14 to breast cancer. And I, I, that, that hit oh, very hard for me. And I'm still now currently grieving over that. Um, my mom first got diagnosed, uh, I think I was eight years old, I believe. No, I think I was, yeah, something's tell me eight is when she first got diagnosed. So I went through a lot of watching her be sick. She went through chemotherapy. I was, I've been a caretaker since I was five. Um, wow. yeah, so I have, and then I really stepped into that role as a caretaker when my mom was sick because her boyfriend at the time um, I'm not going to put his name out there but he did not treat my mom fairly he was always I don't he was sometimes there with us like would hang out with us Um, he had his own demons just like everyone else Um, he was having an affair when my mom was sick and I was eight and I knew terrible yeah Yeah. and I told my mom like this guy's having and it was crazy that I knew that as an eight-year-old like he's cheating on you and interesting enough the connection is that he was seeing his hairdresser who was his ex-girlfriend at the time and I love that connection it's kind of I mean I don't love it it's just funny how I ended up being a hairdresser not because of that Mm -hmm. but um anyways so that really pained me because my mom and I we had that special bond and I know looking back like some of our uh, me and her our relationship was probably not the healthiest because I was her friend more than anything um but we definitely had that telepathic communication that was something so special and I I definitely miss that because I could think about her think about her and then she would call me in like five minutes like I I felt you think about me I'm like that's weird um Um, but going through high school and again, you guys, like me and Chris, we found each other in a place that we needed each other at the time. I I was just thinking about us in high school. That's so weird. And then you started talking about it. (laughs) Here we go. (laughs) Yes. And I, and I had just moved to Arizona too, and I'm a military brat. And so I had nobody really to talk to and Chris was there. He was my person and I didn't really talk much about my mom. I mean, I did here and there and I was just, I didn't know how to deal with. At first you didn't until I dug into you and I was like, tell me about your mom. Yeah. We were totally there for each other. Exactly. And, you know, um, as I got older, um, you know, my whole mindset of working became a thing. Like I did not like high school. I shared that I wanted to be a hairdresser. I became a workaholic because I wanted to move out of my house because of the dynamic I grew up in as well. I mean, looking outside of my household, you would think that things were great because yeah, we, we had stuff, you know, my dad provided a lot and he did well. My dad was emotionally unavailable. And I also had an ex mother that was toxic. I mean, it was a toxic Mm -hmm. environment, Mm -hmm. Um, but long story short, just about how I moved to Ohio. It was like, I, I had suppressed so many emotions. And again, I met my husband and he had just moved away from Ohio and he didn't want to go back kind of like your situation with Josh like he was like I don't want to move to Ohio I was born and raised there like what but Mm -hmm. I 
unfortunately, I'm going to admit, I manipulated him into thinking that we needed to go back because I used the whole story of like, well, the recession here is bad. Like maybe the jobs are better in Ohio. I mean, it's Ohio there. I mean, the hair, I, no offense to anyone that lives in Ohio, but it's backwards. <laughs> um, they take a little bit longer as far as like fashion. And I was like, I'm going to go do hair there. Well, mm-hmm. I didn't do hair there, you guys. I started my addiction with alcohol. And um, like I mentioned before, I was drinking previously. But when I went to move Ohio, I was in victim mindset because I was running away from my problems. I had no friends. I left everyone behind that cared about me. And then I moved in with my husband and his mom and brother and things were hard you know um there were some things that have happened that I'm not really ready to share yet with that because it's something that I'm working through that I'm healing with but yeah it was that was the thing that really made me um become more of like a, a drinker and it was just a pain and story again when I'm open and willing to share I will but it was definitely hard for me um And then just being away from all my friends and having no one to talk to about the things that I needed to talk about. And I just, again, I, I isolated myself and drank and drank and drank and drank. And, um, then moving back to Arizona and being like, well, maybe if we move back to Arizona, things will get better. And it did. It really did. Good. Uh, Yeah. Like moving back to Arizona where I, I had all my friends again, that, that, they were still open and willing to be there for me and love on me, even though I left like six years, you know, before, but they were like, our arms were wide open. Um, and, but then living with my dad was a little bit, uh, it was hard. It was triggering, but that was when my drinking came, became even more because it Mm. was my dad and I had some unfinished, I guess, bit healing, you know? Yeah. Um, But, I am so, but it, you know, look what I mentioned earlier, it just, things happen for you. Right. And so I know in my heart that moving to Ohio was definitely part of my journey. Now, was it something that, you know, at the time I didn't understand? Yeah, of course. But now looking back, I'm like, those things happen for a reason, for Mm -hmm. a reason, Mm -hmm. You know, and here I am and here I am going through what I shared, my binge drinking and all that stuff, because I know I'm here to deliver this message. I am here to help other people. Yeah. Yeah. I feel the same. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. That's, that's like just a, it's just a crazy experience. And, um, I mean, what I'm, what I also took from that is, uh, getting along with your father and living with them. <laughs> like, oh, uh, <laughs> we were talking about before we started the <laughs> podcast tonight and like how much we are so much like our parents and stuff like that. And I feel you on that. And I had to leave like living with my dad because we were so alike. I, <laughs> I, I love him now and I love him so much, but we we can't be around each other too long and um yeah it's like it it's like uh i don't know like how to explain it it's like two atomic bombs going off at the same time yeah. <laughs> yeah. um and it, i feel you like that when you're 
somewhere and you don't have anybody like you living in Ohio, like I can see why that was triggering for you to like start using again, because like you don't have anybody there. So you're sitting at home bored and you're just like, Oh, might as well just fucking pour another one and pour another one. And Oh, well I finished off half the bottle last night so I can do the same again tonight. You know what I mean? Like I got nothing else to do and that's exactly what it probably felt like for you, you know, and it sucks. Yeah. It wasn't until I finally started to do hair again um, or I found a salon eventually because I was like, I, I have to stop doing this shit. Mm-hmm. And I found a salon that like I got along and worked well. But um, and then something told me like, Carol, you need to go back home. And I was like, where's home? And it was like Arizona. Yeah. And I was like, what? I don't want to go back there. But then I was like, no, there is a reason I have to go back. There is a reason. And yeah, you know, and I will be open and honest, just like Chris mentioned. Um, I'm I am still currently drinking. It's not at all severe, you guys. It's not like what I'm sharing. And and I think some people have been confused about that because they're like, oh, you know, I thought you're not drinking anymore. I'm like, I'm not binge drinking anymore. And binge binge drinking to me, you guys, is like you have a freaking motive, right? Like you get home and you take shot after shot. There is no stopping. There is no... Until you pass out. That's that's where it's fucking terrible for me. Yeah. Like, and I don't do that now. I'm just saying it's like that would be terrible for me. Yeah. For the record. Yeah. But that's what binge drinking is for, is what that meant for me. It was like getting a bottle and da- going shot after shot after shot without even allowing it to kick in. And then all of a sudden it kicks in and you're like on the bathroom floor. Like, what the hell? Yeah, that's not that's not drinking. That's that there's perfectly fine having a casual cocktail and socializing, in my opinion. But if you do have a problem with drinking and you have no control like the second alcohol touches your lips and you have to keep going, then you do have a problem. It's like, oh, I, I can have a mocktail after this cocktail. You know what I mean? Uh, people come into my bar all the time. And they order mocktails. I love that so much. And I don't say it to them when they order the drink at the bar and they order a mocktail. I don't look down on them. I make that drink proudly of this person because they're out in public and it looks like they're drinking and they're not. And I made three mocktails um, last Friday for three different people. And I was just like, fuck yeah, go, go person. You know what I mean? (laughs) Like, like good for you. Like, like I was just like, I love that. And if you are struggling with drinking, please do um, find your nearest AA meeting. They will help you and they will be there for you. Um, tell a friend that you're having a problem. Um, and um, you can work through it and you can do it. And um, yeah, so that's all I have to say about that part. Yeah. <laughs> Well, I think like our first episode, we're going to wrap it up, you guys. I definitely think, though, like if you guys want us to talk more about certain things, like leave a comment in the show notes because we want to speak what you guys want to hear. And we're going to come up with some really great things. But just like Chris said that uh, you can reach out to 
you know, if you have nobody, if you absolutely like don't know who to reach out, reach out to either one of us. And we will also put our Instagram handle in the show notes and even um, any other social media like Facebook. Yeah, absolutely. And you can find me on Instagram, um, Facebook. I have Snapchat. I post stuff on my Snapchat. Um, if it's triggering, I'm sorry, but, (laughs) um, like on my weekend nights out and stuff like that. But I'm just saying is like, um, Google your nearest, uh, AA meeting and Google like your nearest NA meeting or, you know, um, the internet is a beautiful space sometimes, um, (laughs) to find your resources and, like we said earlier, like in this episode, like we both went in with crossed arms and, you know, and felt alone, but don't worry. Like if you keep going, you're going to find that person to help you. And yeah, let's just wrap this up. And then, uh, yeah. Thank you guys. And I hope you got something out of this and we look forward to making another episode and stay tuned probably for next week. Yeah. Stay tuned next week. And then I think we're going to talk a little bit more about meditation and spells and stuff like that. Um, This is just the pilot. So there's plenty more to stay tuned for. So this is Afterglow. Afterglow, and then you know, I have to throw in something funny like Sky Daddy. Ooh, oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, Sky Daddy. <laughs> All right, you guys. We love All right. You. <laughs> All right. Take care, everybody. Bye. Bye.